Hi there, and welcome, ladies and gents, to the Journey of Growth podcast with your host, Griffin Shea. The Journey of Growth podcast depicts what it's like to travel along the road of life, identifying key moments and what we like to call potholes, detours, and free-roaming highways. Each guest and episode will betray events in life that are defining and add to the exhilaration of the ride that we call the Journey of Growth. First off, guys, for this episode, I would like to make a sincere apology. Something went wrong during the uploading process, and it was something that the software wasn't accustomed to, and it didn't really like. So my conversation with Julianne Plummer had to get a little snip and trim, and a good couple minutes were cut out of it. But I hope that during this introduction, I can kind of give back a little bit of the information that we had spoken upon, and it will give you the wherewithal and positioning to jump right back in to where we will catch up on the podcast episode. She jumps straight in, a little bit more about her life coach, and then we will experience her journey of growth as a part of that. So once again, I'm so sorry that the whole conversation is not a part of this, but I will do my best to give you an overview of what exactly we covered and then we will jump straight in to Miss Julianne Plummer's journey of growth. So, my special guest today is the one and only Julianne Plummer. Julianne is a 21 year old marketing major from Stone Mountain, Georgia. She's a part of a few key organizations where she dedicates her time. The first one is the agency, which is a UGA modeling agency, and then the Caribbean Student Organization in which she spearheaded their annual flagship event. And MLT, which is a professional development organization geared towards getting underrepresented minorities into corporate America. And in addition to all of this, she is a practicing life coach. And two more fun facts before we get started is that she has her amateur radio license and started her first business in elementary school. And without further ado, I'll explain what was covered during our few minutes before the podcast begins. Well, Miss Plummer is truly an amazing human being. So she is a model, which is incredible. She is beautiful and loves to present and pull out the glory and beauty of any individual that she comes across. She has her own blog called The Hidden Geisha, which will be tagged in the comment below, where you can check out her blog, some of her modeling, and really just kind of get the sense of who Miss Plummer is. But the fact that she's a model, it's really a niche. And she had mentioned that when she was younger, that she would always be dressing up. Her favorite was Tyra Banks. She always felt like a queen. And ladies and gents, Julianne is a queen. And I'm so happy that I was able to spend my time with her. So outside of being a model and doing that on the side, which is a side hustle for her. So if I can put that into one word, being a model for her is really, in essence, a passion. Also, Miss J, as I will refer to her as, spearheaded the annual capstone event for the Caribbean Student Organization. This year was different. She implemented culture into the event, which was something that was lacking, which led to a less successful, which led to less successful events before this one. 
the event is where you bring forth the whole entire organization and you just party. You bring back your Caribbean roots and you dive into the dance, the food, the culture. And she felt like something was missing. So when I mentioned that she brought back the culture, she brought back the dress and that kind of tastes back to modeling. She brought back what exactly it looks like and feels like as to be a member of the Caribbean. So with that, she was in charge of 20 plus people for the event. And oh, did I mention she is a leader? I don't really say that much. And you'll hear me say that with Ryan's Fetkis because he is a leader too. But Miss J, oh, she is a powerful leader with a wonderful message and a truly inspiring personality. So I hope you guys will stay tuned and keep listening to what she has to offer. Another organization is the MLT, which is Management Leadership for Tomorrow, where it is a minority-based organization as to where they continually prepare to become a better version of themselves in order to succeed in the corporate world. With her membership, Julianne was able to capture an internship at LinkedIn in New York City. Wow. Just wow. And by the way, she loved it up there and she crushed it up there. And now, since she did such an amazing job, dun da da da, she will become a full-time member of their staff starting next year. And lo and behold, Miss Plummer will get to model in San Francisco and be a vital team member of the LinkedIn organization. And I would like to save the best for last before we jump into where exactly we left off. Miss Julianne Plummer is a practicing life coach. Coaching is something that she has always enjoyed, but more specifically, she wants to see people live their potential. I promise y'all, listen to her and you will gather within a couple of seconds how powerful and how true her message really is. She wishes to continue being a shining light for her clients with the hope of becoming a beacon of light one day to lead others to their greatness. And in her teachings, she invokes the individual to ask questions about themselves. She doesn't answer for them. She puts a mirror, hypothetically, during their conversation and lets the person identify what is a problem they are struggling with. So what she is doing is helping that person identify what's already within them and then bringing that out and becoming a master of it. So her hope is to have them become a better person so that it can be a ripple effect. So once this person is better under the watch of Miss Plummer, other people in her client's life can become better every single day, which means their journey of growth will be even more amazing. So fun fact before we finally jump in, I promise you, Stay tuned for just a couple more seconds and you'll heal her. So this is a fun fact, which is an actual statistic that, according to Julianne, and she promotes it. It takes 66 days to implement a habit. Say what? People say 30, people say 21, but Julianne says it takes 66. We chatted in depth about that, that statement and concluded that, heck, if somebody wants something bad enough, you can do it in a shorter time. But for an average individual, establishing something new in their lives is a little more difficult. And that is why 
She is a life coach to help and guide and assist others to their greatness. So I truly hope I was able to catch you up to speed as to where we will dive in right now to our conversation with Miss Julianne Plumber. Miss Julianne Plumber, I'm too excited. I hope you enjoy. Day after day after day for 66 days. So you're saying I have to be disciplined and consistent for 66 days without fail. I'm not even going to say without fail. And you'd probably have to check the study, you know, for if you wanted extreme detail in that one. Um, But I'm just going to say if you're keeping at something for that long, then it'll probably become a habit. Because you're not trying to shoot yourself in the foot or like be super angry in case you miss a day or something like that. Really, all you're trying to do is develop the habit. And that habit is just through consistency. Like that's how your body learns things through muscle memory. So if you miss a day or two in between there, I'm sure you're going to be fine. Um, and then you have to remember that that is just a mean and there always is that range in the bell-shaped curve. <laughs> so a little bit less, you could be fine a little bit more as long as you kind of can see keeping consistent. There was a good old quote from Darren Hardy and he had written about, he, he wrote the compound effect. Okay. So he's huge into the discipline of what you need in life. Mm-hmm. And he had a quote that says, You'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. And the secret of your success is found in a daily routine. Mm. So it's pretty much identifying those habits of whether or not they are beneficial or they're not. And that, I think that depends on where you can take your life if you want to go straight this way. Mm-hmm. But if you're not willing to take care of your daily routine and your habits, you're going to be way off path. Yeah, and I think... It's really interesting that you're even bringing up a daily routine because that's like so crucial for reasons that people don't understand. Um, like, have you heard of this thing called decision fatigue? Yeah. You want to yeah. explain it for the viewers? Yeah. Okay. Basically, decision fatigue is where your mind can only make so many decisions every day. You only have so much mental real estate. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. So there are certain people who will do the exact same thing um, every single day, like waking up at the same time, eating similar foods, or just like being really consistent so that they're not having to think about that, so that they have more mental real estate for the important problems in, problems in life. And you'll see like a lot of um, CEOs doing it. Like, I High see, achievers. Yeah, exactly. They'll wear the same exact outfit every day just so that they don't have to think about it so that they can save their mental real estate and their decisions for the important things that are going to carry them forward in life. So instead of spending 15, 20, 30 minutes and your brain power on choosing your outfit, you could definitely wear the same thing every day <laughs> and like go out like that. So I'm not going to say that you need to do that, but I, that's kind of the value in a habit. The more things that are automatic, the more mental power that you have to achieve your goals. So you're a model and you like to wear clothes. <laughs> so how's your decision fatigue with that? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I feel like I kind of just grab things. I'm at a point now where like making outfits is a habit. Really? Yeah. That's dope. So it's like, you know, you just, I don't know. It's kind of quick. But see, that's like mental power. You're like, ah, yeah. oh, this one, this, this, and that. Yeah. So I know, it, like, when I grab a top, I know what pants go with it. And I know it's in my closet. So Makes it's sense. pretty quick. I'm not, like, spending 12 years doing it because I just, I, I'm pretty decisive about that. I know I like around that. So I guess I've kind of spent that. I've developed that skill. Okay. Yeah. You've developed that almost habit, but yeah, I see where you're getting at. Yeah. There's always a little cre- creativity, but that's where I like to spend my creativity. I like it. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? We're going to get in the segments. Okay, let's get it. All right. So first segment, 
Julianne, what are some of the potholes that you've encountered in your life or more specifically your college career that you could help other college students avoid Mm -hmm. so that they can further their journey of growth? Yeah, I'd say one of the biggest potholes that I had to encounter was realizing the amount of effort that it takes to actually get a job or an internship. Because in my head, I was thinking, okay, yeah, I've been a high achiever, like I'm at the University of Georgia, but you have to realize that the world is full of high achievers and you're just one of them. So what's going to make you stand out and what's really going to differentiate you? So I wish that I had gotten into not even personal development, but professional development at an earlier age. So, you know, making sure that I wasn't just in organizations, but that I was positioning myself to be in a leadership organization for the next year. Because if you're in any organization, you know that you can't just show up and try to run. You have to kind of show your face and start building that brand about yourself before you can get that elected to that position. So I definitely would have done that a bit earlier, um, figuring out my elevator pitch, think, figuring out like the key things that I've done, and honestly realizing that maybe I hadn't done enough in college. And so that I'd be able to go out and like do the things that I needed to do in order to add that to my personal story. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't think about. They kind of just assume, I'm here, I exist, so I should like get this position. But sometimes you kind of have to build that story. So I know when I was getting started, um, there was a couple of things that I was doing that were, I guess, that I'd want to bring up in an interview, kind of like a brag point. Mm-hmm. But there is a gap. Uh, there's definitely a gap where I felt like, oh, there's a couple more things that I need to do, like to demonstrate leadership in an exceptional way. Um, Could you elaborate on that? Yeah. So with Caribbean Night, that was a huge leadership thing that's going to put me above other people. Yeah. And honestly, you can do it in any single leadership position that you get. Like, you know, you get a role and you get the outline for it, but it's your responsibility. And I honestly feel like it's your duty to take it past that. Like, what can you add to it? We're not here to maintain organizations. We're here to improve them. So really putting your stamp on that. And that's kind of what I realized that employers want to know as well. They don't want to see, are you going to just maintain the status quo, but are you going to push and help the organization to grow? Because that's what they're looking for. So making sure that I wasn't just being mediocre and that I was being excellent in things that I was doing um, and being very intentional about that as well and crafting that and crafting what I wanted to do and the impact that I want to have, I would have done that sooner. Interesting. Yeah. So professional development in a younger stage of college career or maybe even high school. Yeah, maybe even in high school, I feel like that's not something, like, my parents are not in business at all. They're in the healthcare field. Isn't that business? So, hmm? Isn't that anything's related to business? Everything is business, but everyone doesn't have to develop the same type of business acumen. Gotcha. To get the same types of roles. So, it wasn't something that I was raised around. Um, So, I kind of had to figure out a lot of things for myself or, like, get help when mm-hmm. I got to college and there's organizations that I joined that did help me with that. Um, like MLT was one and I was in DSP. So that did help with that as well. Um, and honestly, certain people that are just succeeding at life, like there's a girl and she had a Google internship and I just thought she was the coolest thing ever. And I was asking her for all these tips and advice. And there's this girl who she was working at JP Morgan for the summer and she gave me my first resume papers for my first career fair. So it's just like getting yourself out there and connecting to people that care about you and that want to see you succeed who are kind of in the space that you're wanting to play in um because it was hard like for me getting my first internship I'm like okay yeah I'm at LinkedIn now but my first internship I applied to 41 positions and got 40 (laughs) yeah 
41 no's. I actually think it was 40 no's. And I think the 41st, I actually got um, a yes. And out of that, I only had like two interviews for all of those positions, you know? So it's really tough. It's really tough. And like, you think like, oh, you just get it. And like, no, it takes a lot of grit. And like, you know, I just sat there and I kept getting it. And I didn't even get my um, first internship is with UPS until my late into the second semester of um, my sophomore year. So it wasn't even like during recruiting season, honestly, it was a little bit after. So my parents were starting to lose hope. They wanted me to go back to lifeguarding and try to figure out what I was going to do with my summer because my certification was going to expire. And I just said, no, like, I'm not going to go back to lifeguarding. I'm going to find an internship. And like, thank God I did find one and that it pulled through. But that was a really tough experience because um, that's a lot of rejection. Like, I would just go through my email and just delete, sorry, but, sorry, but, sorry, but, and just delete, 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 and just keep applying, keep sending out that resume until someone, you know, it resonated with someone. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's actually quite impressive to be able to accept failure 40 times. Yeah. And then keep going. I mean, you have to. Yeah. The things that you really want in life, like, it's, you're going to get that failure. And that's just an indication to you that you just need to keep going forward. It's like, someone's going to say yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know... Knowing yourself, knowing if you can even do the job or if you're even qualified. Um, and I think that I had been building myself to be qualified. And I knew that I, like, if I got to any internship, that I was going to knock it out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I did it. And it's funny because that's where I met Griffin. <laughs> that is really bad. So the three takeaways from that would be one is to professionally develop yourself. Absolutely. Number two is get into a leadership position and leverage it. And instead of just maintaining the status quo, improve it and do something with it. Absolutely. Be an ad and not just a fit. And then third is to be able to find the right people. Yeah. Like surround yourself with those people that you think are going to succeed and who are succeeding. Exactly. And generally when you start reaching out to them, uh, I honestly believe that people are pretty nice. So when you start reaching out to people, like they'll get back to you unless they're really, really busy. And if they're really, really busy and they're not making any effort or any time to see you, then they're not the type of person who's like supposed to be in your network. Like along the journey of life, whenever you set an intention, people are automatically there like or put there to help you out along that. And I just believe that. Say that again. I believe that like when (laughs) in this journey of life, as soon as you set an intention to do something that there will be support that will come from like various aspects to help you along in that journey. Wow, that is powerful. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think of it like that. There's this book, and I just cannot remember the name of it. And it's like, it talks about this guy, and he like went to the desert trying to find this treasure. And it's a really, really popular book. It's like not the philosophy, The Alchemist. I was about to say it's The Alchemist. The Alchemist. <laughs> yeah, I think that that book is like a reflection of life in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So that was your pothole is you got to develop yourself a little bit more before you uh, kind of get out there in the world. Yeah. And because then... the world will stomp on you. And there's other people just as good as you. And as, as it sounds, there's probably some people who are pretty damn good and better than you out there. Yeah. And that's why you're always chasing your competition and you always got to be better than them. Yeah. Or like not even better, but like do your best. Striving every day to do your best. Striving every day to do your best. Because, like, your best may never outwork someone else's best, but your best will always get you to exactly where you need to be. Wow, you are just throwing value bombs everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Ah. So, let's get into the detour section. What, uh, What moment in your life or what moments 
you, were you not expecting to happen, and they did, but they turned out just fine. Turned out just fine. Um, well, clearly you're still alive and breathing right now, so yeah. whatever you went through, <laughs> you're doing all right. Detour. I think it's really interesting that you asked that question because like, I'm looking for a huge detour, and nothing is really coming to mind. I feel like I wasn't necessarily super focused before and i think that you get detoured when you have like a very clear destination Mm -hmm. but i didn't have a very clear destination for a long time okay so even like coming to university like i applied to some schools and i was like okay well georgia you know it's not state no offense to state (laughs) i didn't want to go to tech because i didn't want to do engineering um like basically i don't want to go to state because it was too close to home and if i went there my parents were going to want me to stay home to save money so I wanted to go to a Georgia school so that I'd get a Hope Scholarship. Um, I took a, one college tour here, and I was like, yeah, I'll just go to Georgia. So it was really kind of like on a whim. It wasn't like I was super striving to get in. Um, it just kind of like flo- flowed, yeah. And even with my major, um, I chose marketing because I said one day I'm going to want to start a business and I'm going to market myself. And I had zero direction. So like all the things that have happened, it's like when I started to get a little more direction. But... I feel like it's hard to have a detour when you don't even have a path in the first place. So you're just kind of on the back road, like some dirt road. A dirt road, the scenic route. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah, now I definitely have more direction, and I'm sure that you can hear. I think when I decided to start pursuing and developing myself professionally and personally, I started to get way more direction. I started to see way more results, Um, but I was kind of just flowing for a while. So. And you were okay with that? I, I knew that I was headed in the right direction. So it's like I was going north. If I was heading towards, you know, north. Um, But I wasn't, like, taking a specific highway to get there. Okay. Because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And then when I started deciding and realizing, and I I honestly feel like you learn through experience. And I was feeding myself experiences, like, even throughout that flow period. So I was getting clarity, like, with each and every experience on, like, where I wanted to go. And was able to start mapping my my route in life after that. Interesting. Because, you know, Jim Rohn... Mm-mm. You don't know Jim Rohn? No. Oh my gosh. If you're going to be a life coach, you need to type him in. Okay, I'm going to Google as him As soon as possible because he will give you the greatest content in the entire world. He will revolutionize your coaching abilities. I promise you. Okay, gosh. Gotcha. I follow him. It's Jim and then R O H N. R O, okay, gotcha. But absolutely the most amazing human being that I think has walked on this earth. Okay. And That's a powerful statement. It is. Just because he taught every single personal development person, anybody who's doing seminars, anybody who's doing... Oh, he was their guy. He was the one who started it all. Got you. Like, Tony Robbins was based off of him. Brian Tracy was a good friend of him. Oh, wow. Uh, John C. Maxwell, good friend. Les Brown, Darren Hardy. Okay. Everybody. Everybody. Came from Jim. Jim. Okay, Jim. So, he had a story, and the best part about him is that he's just so funky but he's got these philosophical ways of coming at things. It's mm-hmm. so simple. And his, his thing is, you just have to be brief. You don't have to keep doing these long stories. You just got to be brief. You got to mm-hmm. get to the point because people, they don't want to be thinking too much. They want it right at them. And he had a quick little story about some guy who was going out to fish one day and he was in a little sailboat. And he kind of just fell asleep because he was thinking, hey, I'm not here to fish. It's totally fine. And... Later on, he woke up, and the raft is moving a little bit quicker than it should be. And he looks up, 
and he starts seeing people gather up on the side of the river. And he identifies that it's a river now. It's not a pond. It's not a little lake. And the river's starting to pick up speed. And he suddenly realizes that he has no paddle. He has no oar. Oh, man. So, in essence, everybody's watching him, and he's freaking out. And at the end of it is a waterfall. Oh, God, I knew it was going to happen. So, it's just that moment and realization of you can kind of flow through life mm-hmm. but sometimes it may lead you to a waterfall and you might be sitting there being like how in the world am I going to paddle my way out of this if I don't have anything to leverage my way back oh gosh yeah don't ever rope flow through life that's like not a good advice at all and I mean I kind of say that I flow through life but like that's not even but you also kind of were cater like not catering, you you, you kind of knew where you were going. Yeah, because even when I was flowing, I always put myself in the best position for whatever I wanted to do. Okay. So, like, through high school, like, I didn't just, like, take regular classes. Like, I took international baccalaureate classes, and I got my, like, IV, yeah, I got my IV diploma. Because <laughs> I, like, wanted to be able to go where I wanted to go, but I didn't really have a ton of direction. But I always knew, like, that I needed to be at the best or, like, be at the top so that when I chose or when I got that direction, I'd be positioned to, like, go into it. Okay. If that, yeah. But it's still still not strong direction. That's what I was going to say. Because you, I mean, okay, so you weren't like a horse with blinders. Because that's something with direction. You Mm -hmm. were more or less not totally focused, but you kind of, you had an idea of where you wanted to go. I just wanted to be at the top. (laughs) There was another quote by Jim Rohn. He was just saying that, A lot of people can get to the top of the mountain and what they see at the top is nothing. Mm -hmm. So his quote was that you will catch me on the the side of the mountain. Oh man, I'm screwing up this quote. But it was in essence that whenever you get to the top of a mountain, you're going to go to a next mountain. Mm -hmm. And he said that if you're going to find me, you're going to find me trying to climb up a mountain. And I might be dead on that side, but no, I was trying to climb up that mountain. Mm -hmm. So he was just saying that continue furthering your success because when you're at one point, that's great. But once you've gotten there, you know that you can do better. Exactly. So don't just sit there. Exactly. And a lot of things or this cool little notion of thought is that like when you're a billionaire, Mm -hmm. you're legitimately at the top and nobody's up there. Yeah. So it's lonely. Yeah. But I think that when you get people like Richard Branson and Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and all of these brilliant people, they're like, hey, I'm up here, but I'm going to give back to everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's just having that wherewithal of kind of your direction and then focusing on what you want to do with your life. Absolutely. She goes back to finding your why. Yeah. Which would be a fun TEDx to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the last segment, what are some of the things that you're doing right now outside of being a life coach Mm -hmm. that are taking you down your freedom highway? So just pretty much imagine that you're on the track of life and you've got this exit, or not this exit, this entrance ramp. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, I'm doing this, and it's like putting me on that accelerator just to go full. Because say if you're in a car, the fastest place you can go on a highway is on the entrance ramp Mm -hmm. so what are those things that you're doing right now to just get on that highway of success i think 
relentless self-development. Yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of say that... I like that. As a, relentless self-development? Yeah. Because I can't stop. Like, it's a daily thing. So, like... Honestly, like, not even that I read my affirmations daily, um, but I definitely look at my vision board daily. I have very positive mental conversation with myself. Um, and I feel like every day I try to consume a piece of content that's just going to let me know that I'm empowered um, to kind of start making make the decisions in my life. Um, so that, anything... I, I honestly feel like it's a baby step at a day sometimes. Some people take leaps, but I feel like... Sometimes baby steps are required for self-development. So making sure that I'm taking a baby step, if it's like I wanted my room to be cleaner like a little bit more, then maybe sit down, do like one more step. Um, and sometimes I'll catch myself like putting down some fruit and say, I'll come back to it. And I think that's kind of like what I'm working on now. I'm like, no, I'm doing it now. So just kind of like really developing that um, mental discipline to just kind of be on top of things immediately. That's something that I'm doing now, which I feel like is just going to take me to the next level because when you can tell yourself to do something and then you do it. That's like one of the most powerful things. It's a huge victory. Yeah. Mentally. Yeah. You just feel like you're on top of the world. You're like, I actually told myself I was going to do this and I freaking did it. Yeah. Exactly. Because really at the end of the day, the only person you'll be able to please is yourself. Exactly. So small victories like that, that like wouldn't look like, wouldn't look like anything outside of my normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what's going on in my head and I'm really developing that so that when I make a decision, I can start executing right away. And when you were alluding to its baby steps, when I was over in Europe and we decided to go up a mountain or something like that, mm-hmm. like you would look at the mountain and be like, what the hell? Like, I'm going to go all the way up there? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because that's just like looking at a goal mm-hmm. and realizing oh, there's no way I'm going to get that. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the baby steps, and for me when we were over there, I was just looking down at the rocks and being like, you know what? I can go, and I can I can take my next step. Mm-hmm. I can take this step, that one. Go, go, go. And maybe an hour and a half, two hours later, you're at where you pointed at. Yeah, and that's a crazy feeling. Yeah. So it's just about those baby steps. Yeah, and I think another thing that's interesting about your story is that you're setting yourself on a path. Mm-hmm. So like know that you're doing like the small steps every single day, but like at the end of the day, you're on this path. So like I know people get tired and they want to quit, but like you're on the path at least. So even if you sit down, you can still get back up and like keep going up the mountain. So. Yeah. So you have affirmations, and I know that's something that I know exists, mm-hmm. and I know people use it. Mm-hmm. Are they working for you? Absolutely. Okay, could you give me an example of an affirmation? Yeah, um, just telling yourself, my gosh, every morning I wake up with an abundance of energy and excitement for my day. You tell yourself that? Um, That's an example affirmation. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I think that sometimes I tell myself that, like when I get up and I'm feeling tired, instead of saying I'm tired, that's kind of something that I'll tell myself because really... Everything is controlled by the mind. Everything is controlled by the subconscious, getting to that subconscious level. And the only way to change your subconscious is through repetition. And whether that's physical repetition, like if you're changing your physical habits or mental repetition, which will allow you to mentally like decide what those physical habits are going to be and like act on that. Kind of you have to be in sync. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like getting a little bit deep, like going down the rabbit's hole. But literally that is the only way to change your life, I feel like, changing the subconscious. Okay. Um... 
So affirmations are huge because they change the mental realm of your subconscious. So instead of saying, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired every day, say like, I'm alive, I'm healthy, I'm energized, and you will literally start to feel more energized because your mind is just that powerful. So if you said it takes 66 days to develop a habit, how many days is it going to take for you to start to believe in yourself? And that's going to depend on every single person and how deep their inner story is and like what their inner story is painted as. So for example, if there's a child and he was told every single day of his life growing up for his developmental years that he was stupid or that he was dumb at math or that he had never amounts to anything, that's gonna take a lot longer for his story to change versus someone who kind of had a little bit more of a neutral slate or who had a positive slate where their parents were, or people who are in authority figures around them were giving them uplifting and up, like encouraging messages because those messages are more in line with their story versus someone else who it's in direct opposition with the story that he was told his entire life. So it's going to take a lot more to get over that. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So you've got the affirmations. And I know it's something that I would like to work on mm-hmm. just because I feel like I already talked to myself out loud anyway mm-hmm. just because I'm crazy. And then you've got a vision board. Yeah. Is it stuff that you have written on there or is it photos or what's your vision board compiled of? Um, it's a little bit of a mix of both. Um, and like when people come and see my vision board, they'll laugh because like I have my little commentary underneath it. Um, so for the one that's in my room, it's just a bunch of pictures of kind of like things that are symbolic of my idealized life. There's like not anything that's a specific house, but they're significant of like general things that I'd want, characters that I'd want to embody, like quotes that I'd want to live by, and things that I'd really want to be a reflection of me. Um, and I have a little bit of margins under some of the pictures where I did write things. <laughs> so, for example, there's um, a picture of some kids, and I'm doing some philanthropy work, and I'm like, Julianne loves the kids. <laughs> just because like, it just makes it more personal yeah. um, to me. But one interesting thing that I found this summer was that I was watching this YouTube video and they were saying to write out your life story. So I wrote out my life story and I was saying it every day and like you can't just say it but you kind of have to feel the emotion that you're going to feel when you um, are associated with that. And that also goes back to this programming of the subconscious um, of your body because your body feels everything like physically. Even an emotion when you're saying something. The only reason why it means something, the reason why you have to have an emotion behind it is so that it can be programmed into your body because really your body is your subconscious. I know that's kind of like... that's like No, I was going to say, I 100% agree with the fact that if you want to have something or if you want to visualize something, Mm -hmm. you might as well add any sort of aspect in every single aspect to it so that you can feel it, that you can see it, that you can touch it, smell it, hear it, taste it. Yeah. Like if you want that success visualize it and get as deep as possible yeah whatever's gonna program you to like make your body believe that this is your life and that all goes back to habits and that all goes back to your subconscious and like your body being in alignment with the life that you want to live because you have to train your body and essentially doing that is training your body into like being a different person yeah and like experiencing a different life um through the subconscious and through the things that you're adding through emotion, visualization, etc. Because when you visualize things, um, it really tells your brain that that's your reality. Like your brain's kind of reflecting on it like it's a memory. Mm-hmm. So if you keep visualizing it, it'll, some, it'll kind of associate in your mind as something that's already yours because it's something that you remember. Okay. So it's like a part of your life. Gotcha. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. I gotcha. I think what's cool is that in this book that I'm finishing for the second time, The Miracle Morning, Mm -hmm. as we mentioned earlier he's got his 
morning routine and it's called SAVERS. So S-A-V-E-R-S. Mm-hmm. And it's an acronym. And so you take one hour out of your morning. So it's actually a lot better to rise and grind early. Yeah. Just because you have... Like, honestly, you figure out how much stuff can be accomplished in a day and how much stuff you actually need to be doing every single day mm-hmm. the earlier you wake up. So if you take an hour out of your morning, say from like 6 to 7, from 7 to 8, or say 5 to 6, mm-hmm. the first S is silence. So it's meditation, or it's you kind of just sitting there thinking about what you're grateful for, or making a prayer. Whether or not you want to do that for 5, 10 minutes, it's fine. So just finding that quiet space. Mm-hmm. Next, you've got A. For affirmations, which is one of those things that I have not gotten to yet, just because of what my mentality about affirmations is, and I'm coming more towards the fact that, like I said, the more the more words you say out loud to the universe, the more likely they are to stay. Because once the energy is created, it can't be destroyed. So you've got your silence, you've got your affirmations, and then you go to V, which is visualization. And what mm-hmm. we were just talking about, mm-hmm. when you have that board, you sit there and you get into that space. Mm-hmm. You get into your success. And although you might not have it right now, one day you will if you keep believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you've got E, which is exercise. Because for your body and for your mind to be at any pinnacle state, you need to exercise the body. Mm-hmm. Just being in those moments of having the dopamine rush, like feeling you can take on the world, because that's what the body should feel like. You mm-hmm. should be able and be ready to do anything whenever it's needed. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, you should have worked out. <laughs> yeah. Exercise is amazing for the body. Mm-hmm. And then you've got R, you need to read. Mm-hmm. And if, it's, if you're crunched for time, just pick up a personal development book Find one sort of key piece of information that you can take for your day mm-hmm. and try to add it. And then lastly, is scribing. Because you didn't want to do two R's for reading or w, writing, something like that. So scribbing, which is taking the journal and mm-hmm. writing 10 minutes. What you're grateful for, what your plans are for the day. Mm-hmm. Kind of reflecting about how you were yesterday, what you can do better what you can do today and how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you do all of that in that first hour that you're awake, I mean, your day, you can conquer it. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Um, I've definitely started, like, I feel like I'm doing all of those except for the E, <laughs> the exercise part. Um, but I have this huge realization, which is kind of like when I do coaching, I kind of like lean towards having the mind, body, and spirit connection because for a long time, I was like doing all of those things. I was like feeding my mind, but I wasn't like having that E part. And I'm a little bit better about it now. Like before I like really just wasn't doing the exercise part. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I definitely have like a lot more physical discipline where it's like not like 15 minutes of cardio, but like I'll get up and walk and like just force myself in a lot more situations where I'm being just active. Move. Yeah. And a lot of times we think that it's optional because, you know, something that we want to do so that we look good and that we feel good. But really what I uncovered um, in like a meditation session, like I have a video that's kind of about it on my website, is that you cannot move forwards in your goals and in the things that you want to do if you do not have that E piece, that exercise, because it's that physical discipline that's going to allow you to take the physical actions to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'd wake up, I'd be feeding my mind, and I'd still be laying down there in bed like, why the heck can I not do anything? Like, why am I not accomplishing all these things that I want to accomplish? And... 
it was in a meditation session where like I was sitting down and I didn't have back support this time. My back started to shake when I was meditating and I was like, oh my God, I'm weak. <laughs> and it's like, that's when it clicked to me that I had like let my physical discipline go. So my body was like not strong. So like it didn't want to do things because I hadn't like grown it and developed it and like, you know, nurtured it to do things anymore um, outside of like the typical obligations, like going to class, et cetera, et cetera. And I felt like it was so huge for me because I'd done sports all through high school. So I was super athletic. But then again, that just goes back to you having someone that's holding you accountable or being a part of an organization that's holding you accountable. And when I was in college, I definitely wasn't in any like sports organization here. So that accountability and that like routine and regiment that I had kind of fell off and realizing that it was an integral part of me moving forward that I literally could only get so far with mindset. Cause I was reading so many books, watching so many videos, like these concepts were here, I was doing these things, but I did not have the physical discipline to literally to move me action. forward, exactly, to take action. So that is so, 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 so important. So to anyone that's listening, like make sure that you get like that. And I think that that's another thing about accountability. So even if you're not exercising every day, you have routine every day. So you know, every week you're gonna be talking to someone who's gonna be ensuring that you're getting shit done <laughs> excuse my language <laughs> well, that's how you but, feel about it yeah yeah no because i feel like it's so necessary and like it's really hard to do it any other way if you have like no accountability i mean unless you're just super disciplined and like able to be accountable yourself which most people aren't um you just need to somehow be developing that physical discipline that's going to like cause you to take action whatever that's going to be for you yeah one thing i mean i'll hit the gym monday through friday five days mm -hmm. straight up Saturday, if it's game day, probably not going to do it. Mm -hmm. But if the game is away, Ramsey's open, so you can go. But And then Sunday, like Sunday's my day off. And I know that some that is the day that I need to like work on myself more than anything. Because like I'm super lazy on, super lazy on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's not the way it should be. Like I know I need to get back on track. Because I know that during the week I'm straight set and I can do all my things. But I think if I use like Sunday as my day to just kind of like bring it all together, set myself up for the week. Then I think a lot of things can get like tremendously mm. like five times better. Like having that planning period. Yeah. I would even suggest that you do that on like a Friday night. Okay. Like at the end of your week, because I just personally believe in a day of rest. And I think there's been studies that have shown that like if people are taking like one day of rest um, throughout the week, that they're like much more productive than go being on go all seven days. Mm -hmm. So like allowing Sundays to just like give yourself that space and give yourself the permission slip to rest from all the work and all the grinding that you've been doing. And to, to add your planning session on like another day of the week where you're already on go so that you're not having to like break that rest session. Interesting. Never yeah. thought about that. All right, Ms. Plummer, you ready to get to some quick-fire questions? Yeah, let's get it. What is the most profound book that you have read and why? Um, I was talking to Griffin about this earlier, but this book called The Courage to Be Disliked. That book is just so revolutionary to me because it really kind of, in essence, talks about relationships and talks about why relationships are the building block of our experience as human beings and how that impacts everything that we do, um, regardless of if we realize it or not, and whether that's interpersonal relationships with others or even your relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, it was just a lot of realizations, and I think it helps people to kind of take accountability um, for themselves and to kind of take note and say, like, that they are the reason why things are happening instead of saying that things are happening to them, but like realizing and take, being an active, I guess owning up to themselves and owning up to their actions. And I feel like that's kind of 
what that book kind of allows you to do. Taking 100% responsibility? Yeah, and saying that it's you and you're the reason why you're doing this. It's not life happening to you. So the courage to be disliked by... Oh, gosh. Um, Somebody? I have no clue. It's so bad. (laughs) I always forget stuff like authors' names and, like, teachers' names. I'm just like, I don't know. So check out Um, the courage to be disliked. Yeah. Number two. What is one habit that you do daily that most people don't? That most people don't. Um... I'd probably say just being grateful. Okay. Um, and that's kind of like in all senses of the word. So when things went bad, I know this is kind of weird, but like when bad things happen to me, I'm kind of like happy because I know that it's a reflection of like something positive that's going to come because I just believe that like there's balance in everything. The give and take of life. Yeah, exactly. Like yin and yang. Um, and also like I believe that like two L's make a W. So like if you put your little fingers together <laughs> and you say two L's on both of your thumbs, you can put them together and make a bigger W, um, which I think is huge. And I've seen that time and time again in my life. Um, so when negative things happen, I'm pretty happy about them. Um, and not things- not happy. What if it's like a super negative thing? Say like, worst case scenario, you you lost a relative. Yeah. Like that would suck. Yeah, I'm like I well, let me just say I try to find the the positive lining in things. Gotcha. So like the silver lining. The silver lining, the golden lining. I like that one better. <laughs> oh. But um yeah, my grandma died not this summer but last summer. Um and I I was really like devastated about that, but the positive aspect of it was that all my family got together and I hadn't seen everyone together in like such a long time. So it's like, you know, with negative things like that, there are the positives that are associated with them, mm-hmm. even though that's like really depressing. Um I just think that there's good in everything. Good. And that you can community can't... sense of love came together. Yeah, and honestly, I truly am a firm believer that like, you cannot experience joy without knowing sadness because your life will be monotone. So, like, if there are no negative experiences, you won't even remember how to, like, be as happy or as grateful or enjoy what you have to its fullest extent because you have nothing to benchmark it against. Yeah, I think that's very well said because, I mean, you're going to be happy and you're going to be sad. And the fact that, like, when you've had happy moments and you're sad, you're like, yeah, well, there's times for me to get back to be happy like it's fine yeah and i'm not gonna be stuck in this rut this entire time because yeah. if i focus on being grateful and yeah having the attitude of abundance yeah most likely you're gonna be happy most of the time exactly yeah so what is the most impactful quote that you have encountered um it's called this um, oh gosh it's called it's a really weird book, so, like, if you want to read it, and, like, it's super, like, woo-woo, like, this chick is saying that she's, like, basically talking to some spirit who's, like, giving her the book. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Okay. But it's called um, The Nature of Personal Reality, and the main point in that entire book is that you create your own reality. Okay. And that is it. That makes sense. All right, so, quick, what is your personal definition of success? Personal definition of success. Um, I would say finding the reason why you do things. So I guess that would be finding your why, like finding your authenticity um, and exploring all aspects of that in your life. Okay. And that is kind of like paramount in like living how you want to live and being successful because you can achieve things and you can get to the top of that tower 
But at the end of the day, if you don't have direction, then you're going to be sad when you get there. You know, you're always going to want to do something else. So finding out why you live and then living that. Nice. Last question. Define your journey of growth in three words. Oh, define your journey of growth in three words. That is a really good question. Um, hmm. Makes people think. Yeah. The first words that came to me are patience and reflection. Um, and then the third word is courage. Okay. Yeah. Patience, reflection, and courage. Yeah. Defining Julianne Plummer. <laughs> I like that. Because you really, I mean, you need all three to succeed. You need courage to get out there and go do something. Mm -hmm. You need patience and you need to realize that your success is not going to be right now in this one microsecond. Mm -hmm. But if actually you could look at it and go like, you know what, I'm alive, I'm breathing, and I'm doing something I like. I'm yeah. being successful. Yeah. But that idealized self is mm -hmm. something that you're always working for. Mm -hmm. And you have to be patient because patience is a virtue. Mm -hmm. And if you know you can get through all the crap of life and still keep going along your goal and being focused on it, most likely you're going to succeed because of your patience yeah. and courage. And then just to reflect, to be able to sit back down and kind of do an analysis of your life, figuring out why am I doing this? Where do I want to go? Who am I and why? Exactly. So. Yeah. All right. Hit the nail on the head. <laughs> and this is my favorite part. I just love thanking people. Miss Julianne, I, when, when we met at UPS, like we, we started a great friendship. But then getting to know you now and who you embody and where you're going, it's absolutely amazing. Like when you were taking me through the, the breathing process at the beginning of this, I was like, this is actually amazing. Oh my and to see, I mean, we've only been friends for so long, but the growth potential for you is limitless. And for you to be a coach of people kind of doing the same stuff that we're discussing right now mm -hmm. is amazing. And whatever clients you have, they better be grateful for just having <laughs> you in their presence. And oh. truly, you're an inspiration and I just like to thank you for being awesome. Oh my gosh, that is literally so sweet. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, truly, you're gonna uh, you're gonna do some great things out there. That is heartwarming. Well, that's good. Well, I mean, I'm gonna give the same back to you, honestly. Like I remember when you tell me your dreams at UPS, I was like, yeah, you can achieve all of them. <laughs> you're like the most dedicated person I know. Like, oh my gosh, this this is like a random random anecdote, but like at UPS. Um, I think that we decided that we weren't going to take the elevator anymore and that we were going to take the stairs. And Griffin was the only one who, no matter what, no matter how tired he was, he was going to take the stairs. And all the other interns, like, I mean, they're kind of wishy-washy, but, like, Griffin was the main one. So that's just, like, a testament to his character. Like, even if he's the only one doing it, he's going to freaking do it. So kudos to him. I think he's going to do great things, too. Thank you. That was, like, so amazing. <laughs> I think I took the elevator three times during my six weeks. Yeah, there. no, that was crazy. All right. Well, Miss Julianne, once again, thank you very much. And this is Griff Biff and Julianne signing off from the Journey of Growth podcast.
I hope you enjoyed. Peace, y'all. Thank you.